You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. All right. Book of Luke chapter 15. Hold your place there. It's uh, just 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 leave it open there. In the book of John 10 or in John 10:10, 10, 10, uh, the scripture says in the latter part of that verse, Jesus says that I have come to bring life and life more abundant. First part of that verse talks about the thief come and steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundant. What I want you to understand and focus in on today, and we've even seen it in the Word here and uh, in the worship uh, this morning and the testimonies already, that Jesus has come to bring us life. He didn't come to magnify our life. He didn't come to support what we were doing. Does everybody understand that? Jesus has life, and He came to bring us His life. Most people in Christendom, in churchdom, add Jesus to what they're doing, hoping to make what they're doing better, more pleasant easier cherry pie no problems there will be problems there will be things you go through see Jesus didn't come to make your life better he came to bring you life the real meaning of life and that life that you live he, he came to bring it more abundant that life he brought you to live not only does he want you to live in that life, but he wants you to live in that life with all of its abundance. Now, in the book of Luke, chapter 15, there's a story here, and there's some discussion whether it's a parable or whether Jesus really knew these people or had heard of these people. Uh, talking about the, the parable of the lost son, and I'm going to say it this, you know, the prodigal son, and really, because of the titles that are in our Bibles, we really lose track of the real story because it starts out, I'll just read it. Really don't even have to add anything. Uh, verse 11, then he said, A certain man had... Everybody say two. Two what? This story is about two sons. Can't make it any clearer than that. It's not about one son that took what he had and went away. It's about two sons. Two different scenarios in the same family. It is about two different issues of life with the same problem. I, I really think we miss it when we talk about the prodigal son and his coming back to the father. We rejoice in that just like the father rejoiced. But let's just read what it says here. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father... Give me the portion. Now stop right there. I couldn't help but when I read this, I just heard the people... I heard Americans in church, however you, however you want to put it. Now I'm not saying that's the way we are, because we, we know whenever we talk about things personal, we're talking about people in other churches, that way we don't get offended, right? You know what I'm saying? We're, we're always looking at other people. But listen to what this younger son said. The younger son said, 
See, he had a thought process. He was thinking in his mind. The, the way he was thinking, what was really in his heart, and what he said. See, the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Okay? And this younger son was self-centered. He sounds just like so many people in other churches. I say that, you understand, not really pointing my finger at other churches. Give me everything that is mine. How many people in the Word of God, you go to church, you hear people preach, you hear people teach, and you're all about getting the promises that are for We focus in on everything, God. Oh, the promises of God are yes and amen. God's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we can quote scripture and quote scripture and quote scripture. And yes, they're all good. Yes, see, see, this father had things set aside for his children, his two sons. And all the one son wanted was what was for him. So he could have his life and do what he wanted to do. Being a Christian in the family of God is not getting the promises of God active in your life so you can do what you want to do to support your life. There is a life to live with the Father. There is a relationship to have with the Father. Notice there were two sons. This has nothing to do with salvation. The son was always a son. Even when he left and even when he came back, he was still a son. Even the son said, my father's servants do better than I. You know the story. We don't need to take time to read it. I'll just mess it up when I read it. But the son took what was his. The, the scripture says the father divided amongst the two what was theirs. And the one took what was his and he did his own thing. Now, the, the scripture says to the father, that the father was always there, but when the son came back, when he came back to a realization that his father's servants had more than he had, he was in the pig pen. He had squandered all of his, everything that God, uh, or his father had given him, and he used it for self and just doing his life the way that he wanted to do it, not really conferring back with father, he separated himself from the life of Father even though he had the promises of the Father. Even though he had the provision of the Father, he separated himself from the, from, from the, the life of the Father. The Son was still in the Father's heart. The Scripture says nothing will separate us from the love of God. But you can separate yourself from the life the relation, the, this, this, this system, this heart, this, you're still relationship with the son and father, but, but because you're self-centered, you've taken yourself away from the very, it's not about having the promises work for you. It's not about having the scripture work for you. It's about having the word of God work in you and through you to other people. It's about experiencing the life of the Father and being in one with Him. The Father rejoiced when the, when the Son came back. The Father rejoiced. You know, and 
the story that I've always looked at in the past was the son that stayed at home. He got upset. He goes, Hark! <laughs> I love it. I hear a party. <laughs> he asked the servant, says, What's the party all of about? He says, Your brother. See, there's still a relationship. He says, your brother has returned and your father has killed the fatted calf to celebrate his return. Wow. Here's another little story we need to look at. And what's he say? He said, all these years I have... First of all, where was the other son? Scripture says he was out in the field. Working. So that identifies what we're talking about now. Here's one that took everything he had, selfish gain, and did everything for himself. Here's one that stayed at home and did everything he did, but for what reason? For himself. All these years, I have done what you said. See, it's not about doing what the Bible says. <laughs> it's not about... Now, when's the last time you heard the pastor say that from the pulpit? Listen, it's not about doing what the Bible says. It's about being in relationship with the Father. Here, here, here's something I just learned recently. How many spies... Now, you just be quiet. No, never mind. Oh, yeah, okay. How many spies went into the promised land? Twelve. Twelve spies. How many came out with a bad report? Ten. Everybody go like this. Okay? How many came out with a good report? And they listened to the... And stayed in bondage for another 40 years. So, listen to this ten led them into bondage for another 40 years. The moment, the time they listened to the two, they were in the promised land. They lived in relationship. They lived in what was already done. How many commandments did they say that there was? Everybody go like this. How many did Jesus say that there was? He said, all these are wrapped up in Next week, we're going to have a guest speaker here. Pastor. I, I, I should do all the titles just so I can get him out of the way because he won't like it if I do it when he's here. Doctor, pastor, professor, teacher, apostle, friend, influence. Pastor, doctor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, John Holler. <laughs> Friend of ours out of McKinney, Texas. He, he's a professor at Christ for the Nations. He's going to be with us. To, uh, you don't run across people like this often. I had to agree to one condition for him to be here. I had to promise not to take up an offering for him. Yeah, I hang around. Do I? So we're going to do it now. Thank you. That's good. That's good. 
I did. I promised I wouldn't take an offering for him that Sunday. That's good. Everybody, get out your checkbook. No, just kidding. No, I want you, I, I want you to experience the ministry. But to, to, get, around, to get around people where, where ministry is not a business, now we need to we need to give into uh, we need to, you don't need to muzzle the ox you don't need to you know the teachers where they I understand it so so we're gonna find a way to bless him we're just not gonna do it within his presence when he's here all right but he's gonna be here next week I want to encourage you to be here uh, to experience that but let's get back into this so you have this uh, down in verse twenty five where it starts talking about the other son and it says now his older son was in the field. And as it came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Uh, look what it says down in verse uh, 28. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I, make, that I might make merry with my friends. First of all, the thing I want to point out here is that in his heart, he really wanted to make merry with his friends. He really wanted to do what his younger son had done. He didn't do it because he knew he was going to be about serving, being disciplined. He was doing what he was told to do. That sounds like good Christianity, doesn't it? It's not. Because neither one of these sons had a heart for the father. The son that stayed and did everything he was told to do. See, there's people in church that have been in church for 40 years. They've been told and they've done what they've done because they were told what to do. And they've missed the very fact. See... All the things that were given to the first son was given to him also. In the very first of the scripture, he divided amongst them two um, their, their portions. The one that went out and misused it, misused it because he didn't have a relationship with the father like he should. He separated himself from the life of the father because of his self-centeredness. This one was so self-centered, he never saw what was there for him to have, for him to have it. And it was right there the whole time. Why? Because he has separated that law, that, that life of living under the commandments and structure and discipline kept him separated from the very heart of his father. See, neither one of these sons had a heart for the father. They all had a heart for themselves. The tragedy of the story is not that the son left and, the, and the, the miracle of the story is not the one son came back. The sad thing about the story is where is the church's heart for the father? We, we need to come back to the father's heart. First and foremost, young people, listen to me. Don't get wrapped up in what to do. Get wrapped up in what's been done and, and who God is in you. Oh, come on. Come on. It is about you having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And once that is solidified and, and firm in you, then he's going to send you out. And then, and only, see, Peter was about, the apostle Peter was about doing things for God. I will do this and I will do this and I will do this. But it came a point in his life when even Peter and that's what he said. He goes, I will defend you. I'll fight for you. Jesus said, no, listen, Peter. There, you know, the, you're going to deny me three times. 
by the time the rooster crows once. Oh, I'm going to find you. Ah, he had all this revelation about who Jesus was, but he was still all about him. I, 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 I. He was still the center of his universe. He was still, he had been adding Jesus to himself instead of himself to Jesus. Jesus said, I pray for you that you be converted. Told him that Satan desired to sift him as wheat. And in that process, Jesus says, I'll pray for you during that process. And when you've been converted in that process, then go help your brothers. Then you, got, then you can really help someone else when you know you're taking... When you're not the center of your universe is really the only time you can really go help other people. This morning, we want, I was wanting to share on seven things. And you can write these down if you want to. We're going to go through them pretty quick. Seven things you can do in your personal walk. Number one, first of all, you have to decide. In your own personal walk, you yourself have to decide that you want a relationship with the Father. It comes with a simple decision, no emotion about it. You have to say, I want a relationship with the Father. See, that's the first step. You'll never go any further just by listening. You have to come to a point of decision. You know, you can, you can be young and good looking, and, and you can have your eye on two or three girls that you may want to go out with, and you can think about it, but until you decide to do it, you won't ever do it. There can be a job out there that you want, but until you decide you want it, you'll never do anything to get it. It will just be a figment of your imagination. A lot of people in church have a figment of their imagination about having a relationship, a living, breathing, living in the life. See, again, it goes back to that scripture. Jesus came to bring us life. Life, living, agape life, zoe, you know, the thing that comes from within bring us life and that life more abundant we have to decide we want that once you decide you want that you have to desire it you know I'm looking at this I, I get little things I'm looking at this bottle of water you know she decided she was going to be thirsty so she did something about it she brought a bottle of water with her and then when the desire got right she took a drink you won't take a drink unless you've got the desire to do it. See, don't raise up your hand, but one of the greatest things missing in the church, see, some people have decided to follow Jesus, but they don't have a desire for it. Should I say that again? Most people have decided to follow Jesus, but they don't have a desire for it. Seek ye first the kingdom. You can't even say the word seek without having passion. Heart. But if you don't have desire, you can't do it. So what do you need to do? You need to ask God. Say, Holy, see the Holy, God sent the Holy Spirit here to help you walk out your discipleship. We're supposed to be making disciples, right? The only way you can become a disciple if you desire it, or if you decide, and then you desire 
a life with God. You desire. So you ask the Holy Spirit, help me. I, I double-dog dare you. I, 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 we could stop at the church right now, have an altar call, just for you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the desire to love God passionately every day of your life. I double-dog dare you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the desire for that. Be honest. I'm having trouble with my desires. The Scripture says God will give you the desires of your heart. If you have a heart that... De- I want. To- See, you know words, you don't have it and you want it. I've decided I want a desire. I need help. Anybody need help in here? Anybody need help in your everyday Christian life and there's something missing? Probably what's missing, you've decided, but now you need some desire to go with it. It's like putting together a recipe. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're giving you the seven-step recipe for discipleship this morning. You've got to decide you want it. You've got to desire a life with God and His life. Not you adding God to yours, you being engrafted into His. There's a world of difference. Number three. Deepen. <laughs> I like this one. Number three. Number one, decide. Number two, desire. Number three, deepen. You've got to deepen. You've got the desire now. You're asking the Holy Spirit for the desire. Now you have to deepen that desire. You've got to solidify it. You've got to anchor it. You've got to embed it in the depths of your heart. The Word has to be rooted and grounded. So you have to ground. You've got to solidify that desire by deeping in it. The Scripture says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. See, if you can magnify something, when you magnify God in your life, you're deepening your desire. As you See, there's things you can do in your everyday life, just like Tammy said. She had to say that she's believing so we could hear her faith. Not only are we going to hear her faith, we're going to see her faith, and so is she. Because she's not trying to do it by herself. She deepened her resolve. She deepened her desire to be healed by speaking it forth, declaring it. You can deepen what you've confessed by declaring what you've confessed. You you declare the Word of God. Amen? So, here, here again, you... First of all, decide, then you desire, then you deepen. And there's many ways to deepen. There's many ways to deepen. Magnifying God is probably the easiest and greatest way to do that. You just magnify your desire that you decided you were going for. The fourth thing is diligence. You have to be diligent every day. This is not something that you just happens. You don't come to church on Sunday and you get a little motivated and by the time you get to, uh, and I encourage everybody to go eat there at Ben's, okay? <laughs> if you're on your way to Ben's after service to eat, okay? Oh, closed on Sunday? Good looking sign though, isn't it? <laughs> Y'all gonna look at the sign up here. Thank God for Ben's. They're buying one of our signs. Amen. Okay. But as you're going to a place to eat, you, you know, some of us lose sight of what we've just been inspired to do by the time we're trying to decide on the menu what's really important. We really do. You know, we need to really, you know, a, a, 
meditate, focus. It's a daily decision to walk. See, it's a daily decision to live in that life of God. It is something you have to be focused on. See, focus. Uh, so, uh, people without a vision, what do they do? See, the vision you need to have is living in that life that Jesus came to bring us and living in that life more abundant. That needs to be our vision. That needs to be something that we're after and that we're going for. What can I do? You can decide. You can desire. You can deepen. These are all things that you can do to daily make this happen in your life. You have to have diligence. Here's the hard part. See, I can see my life in all of these. And I know you probably can too. This one here really gets us a lot of time. You have to defend. You have to defend what you decided, what you desired. You have to defend your discipline. You have to defend your decision to go after the things of God. How do you defend? Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I said you got to defend? You know, there's people in the world that will tell you something different than what you hear in here. You can read the Word, get inspired by the Word, and people around you steal the Word out of your heart. You can, be, you can leave here all excited about what God's doing, and in five minutes, and maybe even less, totally getting grafted into their world and forget about God. You have to defend. See, see the Word came to Mary in Luke chapter 2. The Word came to Mary that well, she was going to give birth to Messiah. She had to defend that word. How does she defend that word? She got away from people that were normal. She got away from people that would hold up the law and go, you can't do that. Oh, you can't be pregnant. We'll stone you. The law says stone. The law, the law, the law. She had to get away from people that would tell her, you didn't hear that. Have you ever heard a word of the God? Get all inspired about doing something for God and you get around, well... You can't do that. You hadn't been to school yet. You ever hear that one? Well, you can't do that. You know, you've never done it before. You know, Mary's never given birth to the Messiah before. <laughs> it's good. See, it's good. <laughs> it's good that she hadn't done that. See, God wanted somebody that didn't have any experience in giving birth. God wants somebody that she couldn't go back and lean back. Well, this is the way I did it last year. That's why you had to have a virgin. Born someone with no experience. God's calling some of you to do things you've never done before, and you've known it in the past, but you didn't defend it. You stayed around the same people. They may love God, they may love you, but if they got stinking thinking in their mind, that stinking thinking is going to abort the Word of God in your life. You got to get away from the people that are not supporting the direction you're going in God. And yes, it could be family. It could be a job. It could be a church. Mary had to go get around Elizabeth. Family. See, I believe in family. But what family are you letting? Are you defending the word? See, I believe there's family for some of us that will support the word. Elizabeth helped Mary in her situation. She defended the word by getting around family that supported the word. Come on now. Someone needed to hear that. 
Number five was defend. Hmm. Here's another way you defend. The scripture says resist. Flee. Run! Resist the devil and he'll flee from sin. That's our part. How do you defend the word? Don't do things contrary to the word. Don't live a life contrary to what you've decided. Flee, run, resist, stand fast therefore. See, there's all things we can do to help what we've decided. Disassociate. This really fits Mary better than what I just said. But disassociate. Get around or associate. Associate with someone that has already been where you want to go. If you want to have a closer walk with God, a more intimate personal relationship with God, guess what you need to do? You need to hang around somebody that has a history of having an intimate personal relationship that's evident. That's why elders are important. That's why older women in the church are important. The scripture says that older men and older women should be an example for the younger ones to come alongside and learn how to have that in their life. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? There's a reason why we should have people of good report in the church. There's a reason why we should have people of faith in the church so other people that are just starting their walk in faith can come alongside them and say, okay, how did you do it? Help me get to where I want to go. You see what I'm saying? We need to glean from one another. You can't, I don't have everything that you need. The Holy Spirit does, but I don't. You may be walking in a direction that I've never been before. I can give you some biblical guidance, but I hope God brings an Elizabeth across your path, someone who's been where you want to go, and you hook up with them. You learn from them. See, these are practical, everyday things that you can do. There's no excuse. You can find somebody in the church or in the, God's Word that is going where you want to be, has been where you want to go. Number seven. Depend. I like what Paul says. His grace is sufficient for me. Really, 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 really. We say that, but do you really understand that? God's grace is His ability. It's His power, His ability working in us. It's His reality. The word glory literally means the reality of God. Glory and grace go hand in hand. And we need to realize that the life that Christ, Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundant. And in that life, that that is enough for me. What God has for me is enough. And it's, just, it's, more, that with the other, it's more than enough. Life and life more abundant. And we need to find out what that is. We need to decide that we want it. And we need to depend on His kingdom, depend on His word in our life, and His life working in us. 
We have to depend on that. It's so easy for us to go back and depend upon the world for your future. This is not something uh, every listen, I'm 53 years old. I have no, uh, no, no, no retirement whatsoever. I am not bragging. I'm kind of whining and complaining, but not really. It's just an example. But my faith for my future is not my... I don't want to have faith to retire. Anybody in the world can do that if you live in America. It's not... A, I, listen, I want to go out. I want to do more in my latter years than I have in the last 25 in ministry. I want to do more for God than... I, I just hope that was introduction and warm-up. I'm not coming to the end. I'm just beginning. I'm not looking for retirement. And I know what the scripture says. I fight with them all. Oh, he the, who, who builds a house without counting the cost? Well, there's times you plan and there's some things you don't plan for. The scripture also turns around and says, says, the sparrow doesn't worry about where the, his food's coming from. The flower doesn't worry about how his leaves shine. I mean, life of God, that's what I want. I don't want to be a flower and I don't want to be a sparrow. I want to live in the life of God. I want His, I want IVs hooked up to His kingdom. You know what I'm saying? I want a blood transfusion. I want to get rid of my sweet, see, I got sweet blood. Y'all don't know that, do you? I'm a diabetic. My pancreas doesn't know what to do with the blood, the sugar in my system, so it just dumps it in my blood. <laughs> I got sweet blood. I want to get rid of that sweet blood and get some holy blood. You know what I'm saying? I want to be dependent upon can you have spiritual IV where's my IV can you make me an IV come on pharmacist make me an IV with the Holy Ghost running through it you see what I'm saying I want to be dependent I want to be hooked up linked up I want to, I want to be a part of I want to I want, I want to be I keep using that example of the uh, Star Trek thing with the, the Borg I want to be you know uh I don't want I, I want to become I want to become in God you know I want to assimilate that's the word I want to be assimilated into the kingdom not I just don't want to be changed but look like a little Christian do what Christians do have what Christians have little ribbons you know what would Jesus do I want to be assimilated into the life of God. It's not about doing Christian things. It's about being. Come on. You've got to desire it. You've got to decide you want it. You've got to desire it. There's a life out there, church, to live. And it's full of God. And neither one of the sons had it. Neither one of the sons had a relationship with their father. One had a relationship with themselves and went and did what he wanted to do. The other one had a relationship with himself, stayed because of, but he still missed with the father. He missed the whole point of being part of the family. Just because you come home and eat the groceries in your parents' kitchen doesn't mean you're partaking of the relationship. You're just partaking of the provision. That's a good one right there now. 
Galatians 2, verse 20. Paul said this, The life that I now live. Everybody say now live. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, see, the life that he now lives is different than the life that he used to live. How did he make that change? Number one, this one thing I do, Paul said, he said, I forget my past. What's that mean? Everything I decided to do, I forget about. This is what now I focus on. This life that I now live in the flesh, I live according to the faith of God that loved me and gave himself for me. That needs to be our focus. That needs to be our determination. That was the seven D's of discipline. I mean, there's many more you can add to that. That's what I came up with. But there's an eighth thing. There's an eight D. Can I say that? There's a number eight. Do it again. The next morning, get up and do it again. When you go to bed at night, commit to doing it again. Commit to desiring, committing to do the things you know to do. Press toward the mark or the prize of the high calling. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the bowling alley. They don't look at the pins down the aisle, down the alley. They look at the little marks right here. Do every day this list, and you will live a life you've never lived before in God. You'll have your IVs hooked up to God, and you'll just be, I guarantee you, God is seeking those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. He is looking for people who desire Him. We're all His children. But I believe, just like the, the, the story of the two sons, the father really wanted sons that were going to be sons because he's the father and just live naturally in his kingdom and have the stuff, everything that they need of, fulfilling every desire that they've ever wanted to desire, but because they first wanted to be with the father. You first want to be with the father in his righteousness, in his kingdom. Let that be part of your life, and your life will never be the same. Amen? Let's stand up. Amen. Did you receive the word this morning? You know, don't let the cares and the concerns of this world choke it out. The scripture says that a heart determines whether the word gets in your heart or not. That's pretty good, Joy. No. The word is living and powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Rightly dividing the soul and the spirit. The joints and the marrow. The thoughts and the intents of the thoughts. I really, before we want to 
teach on all the things to do in Christian, you know, which you've heard over the years. I want your heart to be the Father's heart. You know, and what's going to happen, see, you won't be doing things because you have to anymore. You'll be doing things because you want to. You'll be in the fields doing the Father's work because you want to. And you'll be living in all of His abundance while you're in the field working because you want to. And that's His promises and that's His desire for you. You're created for good works. Yes, that's what the Scripture says. But don't get the works before the relationship. Come on. You're not the center of the universe. God is. He said, let there be. Mm. 